Hi guys, it's Amelia here today, your Generation Z slash Millennial, a little bit on the fence. And today we are speaking to my beautiful friend Ash and we are talking pap smears. Don't tune out, it is very, very important. Hi Ash, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. Thank you for the introduction. When I was telling people about this episode today, they were just like, Oh, tune out as soon as I mentioned the P word. But I was like, <laughs> no, no, this is something that as women, particularly young women, we need to know more about. Yes, um, I 100% agree with that. So tell me a bit about yourself. My name is Ashley. I went to a beautiful all-girls school called Santa Maria, which is located in Atterdale. For those that don't know Perth well, it's really close to Fremantle. I'm an only child myself, but I was really fortunate to grow up in a really loving family environment. My parents are both um, one of five kids, so I have grown up with a lot of like a lot of cousins at all different ages. So I feel like my growing up wasn't very different to like, I feel like it wasn't very different to, you know, most kids that do have the brothers and sisters. I feel like I have always been such a sociable person and I'm really fortunate that even though I am an only child that I did get to grow up with like a lot of wonderful um, people. And they're definitely like, I've definitely been influenced in a lot of, by a lot of amazing people in my life. And then after high school, I did studied a Bachelor of Commerce, majoring in human resources and management at the University of Western Australia. The reason I got into HR, I went to a career council in, at high school and I kind of just said to her, I really don't know what I want to do with my life. What do you suggest? And she told me she was like I think you'd be really great at HR because you're such a people person you've got really great communication skills and I feel like you'll be able to like really you'll be able to take your career quite far in that area so um, when I went to uni I did like a few units in the HR and I really enjoyed it and decided from a pretty young age that that was the direction I wanted to take my career um into so the reason why I moved to Melbourne is I got a graduate job at Swinburne University and you have an interesting heritage as well Ash you are part Indian part yes I am so my mum is Anglo-Indian and she moved to Perth when she was 11 and then my dad's from Victoria he grew up in Kahuna he, the reason why he moved to Perth was because he um, got into the SAS. And tell me, Ash, how what do you think is the most Gen Z thing about you? Lord, I reckon me taking photos of food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I even this morning at brunch, I was like, my friend, we need to get a photo, we need to get a photo. Like, I can't leave and I'll Fortunate, like the food, so like you get the perfect image. Even when I got my parents for dinner, now they're onto taking photos of food now. Like obviously <laughs> they're not as good as me because they take photos of the individual dish. It's like no, you have to do it so it's like all the dishes, you know, can be seen. Like you can't just do one individual one, but it's <laughs> hilarious. So do you have like a family uh, photo album now of just all your food photos? 
I feel that whenever my parents go away now, that's the daily update I'll get is a bunch of food that they've eaten for the day. <laughs> I feel like for our generation, and I'm not sure like whether it's all the generations before us, but we live in an era where we have so much information and so much empowered knowledge about so many aspects of life. But I personally feel as a young woman, I don't know very much about a lot of things around my body. Like when is a good time to go and potentially have my eggs frozen? When, uh, like, how often should I be having a pap smear done? What's menopause like? Like, I don't know. Oh my gosh, agree. And I've asked so many ladies that I work with at the moment, like, what is menopause like? Like, I've just been told that you get, like, a lot of hot flushes and you gain a ton of weight. It's like, yeah that's kind of what I've been told. Like, it just seems like there's such a, like, negative um, narration around menopause. I am curious, before 2022, did you know much about what what HPV, do you know know what HPV stands for? I actually don't. (laughs) (laughs) I should know. Human papillomavirus. Because I feel like a lot of people have, no idea what it stands for. Yeah, did you know much about HPV? I had no idea. And the only time I've had that conversation is with my doctor. Mm. Yeah. I guess it's like something, when is it going to come up in conversation? It's not really like a fun <laughs> brunch No, chat. and that's the thing. And I definitely should be looking. I know it sounds so bad, but sometimes ignorance is bliss. Yeah. So, Ash, why did that come up in conversation with your doctor? What happened? Oh, funny enough, you asked. So, I actually had it. Okay. Um, I still might have it. I'm not too sure. So, basically, what happened was, so, this is the problem. I think this is the issue. I went to my male doctor, my, lo- my local GP, and he was a male. I don't see him anymore. And I just said to him, I was like, look, like I lost my virginity quite a few years ago now. I've actually never had a pap smear. Like, should I be, should I have one like soon? And he said, no, you don't need to have a pap smear. We'll just wait until you're 25 years old. So I was like, oh, okay, well, that's great because I've heard that pap smear is a a very unpleasant experience. So I was just like, okay, cool. I got out of that one. I never (laughs) really thought about it I never spoke about it. like a million I've never spoke about patsies and like women's health and all that when we were living in Melbourne together like it was just never really I guess I just really did I guess take the, that GP's opinion and d- just didn't really think about it and then it was actually in 2021 so that was when I was 25 and it was six months after my 25th birthday I had this conversation with my friend Elle and she was like, Ash, like, have you had a pap smear yet? And I said, no, but I should get around to it because, like, I'm 25 now and, like, like looking to that. And she was absolutely godsmacked. And she told me a story. She goes, Ash, like, my auntie died from cervical cancer because she didn't, um, she didn't get checked out. So she's like, it's really important for you to get checked out. And she said, I can't believe that the male doctor even suggested you should wait until you're 25 years old and I was like, oh, okay. But because you're 25 and you're young, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, like I'm not going to have any health issues now. I'm actually yeah, really definitely. shocked by this conversation, to be honest, because I've had a pap smear 
multiple times from a young age, I just think maybe you didn't have a great doctor. It it really shocks me because I, I can't tell you how many different doctors I've had over the years and they always ask me, when was your last pap smear? What time did you have it? What was the results of your last one? And then they make the decision whether it's two years, three years or five years, depending on your results. So yeah. tell me, who did you go see? Did you go to another doctor? Did you go to a female doctor? What what then What then happened? Yeah, so after I had that conversation with my friend, she was like, Ash, you need to go see one because my, my aunt, you know, personal experience with my auntie dying from cervical cancer. I was like, okay, yeah, right. But I still didn't think anything of it. So I went to a female doctor and that pap smear was probably the most traumatizing experience of my life. So scared. And I didn't have my mom with me to like, or anyone to hold my hand. But she said like, you're just, like, you're too, I think I was very like, tense and stiff so she was just like let's just see what like the results come back and if unfortunately if we do have to do another pap smear then that then we'll have to do another sample so I was like okay that's fine and then within a week she contacted me saying that oh yeah you've got abnormal cells um you need to go see a gynecologist um about it so I was like okay cool like whatever can I just stop you there when she said um you've got abnormal cells did she explain what that meant or like how did you react to that she told me there weren't like cancer so she said it's so not she, something to be okay. weary of but she said you need to make this appointment and you need to get most likely you most have to do a biopsy just to check to see like what's going on and if the like the cancer cell if the like the abnormal cells can turn into cancer okay. so i guess what that's what their concern was so i was just like oh okay like whatever when and saw the gynecologist and then he explained to me like we've got to do a, we're going to perform a biopsy today just to see like he was telling me about like the area that they're like a bit concerned about um in like my vagina um and then he explained what like the biopsy was and all of that and he said so when I went in there and he had like a good look with like I when they opened my is it uterus <laughs> um there was like four areas that were abnormal so I had to get four biopsies that day and then the results came back saying that they were high grade HPV but they still just wanted to monitor that to monitor the cells until like I kind of was getting a bit worse um, and then I had another biopsy. So that was in October 2021. How did and you? Then I had another. How did you do those biopsies? Were you awake, asleep? Like, I was awake. Okay. The first time I had the biopsy, I didn't have um, what's it called the anaesthetic. Yeah. So I felt all of them cutting me open, and it was a very painful experience. And then I remember when I got up when you see it, it kind of like feels like you've had like a really bad period cramp when you get up. So it's like mm. really painful. And you do lose quite like a lot of um, blood as well. And I remember when I got up, I just felt like I've never felt so lightheaded in my life. And I, in my life, and I just felt like I was just going to faint, mm. really. I don't know if it was because of the sight I saw the blood that like on the floor was because like I, it, it is quite like still quite a heavy procedure like them taking mm. out cells in four different areas and then you're told after you're not allowed to have sex for six no sex for four weeks and you can't go swimming 
So, and that was like getting into the warmer months of Perth. And usually I, I do like to go to the beach and go for a swim and all of that and you know, <laughs> those sexual activities. Like I was seeing someone at the time as well. So I had to have that honest conversation and say, hey, look, this is going on at the moment. Um, my health is my priority and I have to listen to the doctor's orders. And anyways, that sounds like of- barbaric, that entire experience, though. Like, it's so visceral, like blood on the white floor. Like, and my poor mom, she's like, I made her come into like the room, but she couldn't be in the, um, like the surgery. And she could just hear me like crying and stuff because I was just like squeezing like the, the poor nurse's hand, being like, oh my gosh, like, this is horrible. Anyway, the second biopsy to do in may last year and they were like yeah we've got to monitor these your hpv um and just keep monitoring it and they told me in may they're like we'll probably have to keep doing this for the next until it gets pretty bad like in that turns into the pre-cancer cells so i was like oh great so pretty much like every six months of the year i've got to go through one month of like not having sexual intercourse and one and then not not being able to swim so then in May 2022, I had to do the biopsy again. And then I got a call in August 2022 saying that they're pretty concerned about the cells and they just want it, they want me to have a let's procedure. So I had that straight after Amelia and I returned back from the United States. Mm. Um, and yeah, I had the let's procedure taken. Um, uh, we yeah, undertook a let's procedure and that was performed by a lady doctor and I have to admit that experience just felt a lot better she just kept me calm throughout the whole like the whole time and just like answered all my silly questions and she was just really calm and I wish I still kept the letter that she wrote explaining about like what the procedure did and all of that um, but yeah, basically the only concern is that I have now, if the pre-cancer cells keep coming back and I have to keep taking, keep undertaking let's procedures, going to happen to the cervix, which is where you hold a baby. And potentially if I got to keep getting all these let's procedures, then what they were saying is they might have to put like, um, like a stitch or something like in the cervix to like hold the baby. So basically what my concern is now that I'm compromising my cervix by getting all these less procedures. And if I don't, but hopefully I don't. The concern is a baby could potentially die if I have to keep getting it all like cut yeah. out really. And that is a really scary um, thought to have because I am really young. And I've always wanted children, right, from, like, a really young age. Like, for me, um, I know I'm not ready yet, and I don't think I'll be ready in my 20s, but I see me having a few kids, I would say, in between, like, you know, I would say the deal age for me would be, like, from 32 to 37. I would love to have two kids in between then. I just hope I have to do another... Um, I have to do, I'm pretty sure I have to do another biopsy. They want me to come in in September this year um, and just check to see if everything is okay. And if everything is okay, then they'll let me just do another pap smear a year later. And then from then it can go back to like the normal, like 
every two, three years. But I think from my experience, I would never wait five years to um, do a pap smear. I feel like I'll be pretty, like I'm quite vigilant about all of that now in mm. women's health. So I think I'll be quite on top of like my pap smears and I'll definitely be getting that checked regularly just after just from my personal experience. Do you think it would have been different if they had found it earlier? Like, would it have been a different treatment modality? I have no idea. I don't think so. Only because I feel like, because I have the abnormal cells, that I feel like going to, I, is this a case of time when they're going to get them taken out maybe? So Mm. I don't know if it would make a difference. And maybe if I had, maybe when I was 22, maybe I didn't have, those abnormal cells. I, I'm not too sure. Had you had the injections? Um, you know how there's a vaccine now? Had you had the vaccine? Yes. You had, yeah. yeah. I think so I was in high school. Yes, you would have been because we were the first generation yeah. where we all in high school were given it. But the thing for me is when we had that done, I had no idea why we were getting this vaccination. They said, oh, it's the cervical cancer vaccination. And like I didn't even know what a bloody cervix was. I was like, what the hell is like... I feel like in that moment, it could have been a really empowering thing for us to have actually been sit, sat down. I also went to an all girls school. We sat down and sort of explained like, hey, this is what this is. And this in the bigger picture of like pap smears, this is how it's going to help because they're working to ideally eradicate it completely. But then you have cases like Ash, for example, who have had it and then still have that manifestation. So it's... One of those things, I feel like maybe because we obviously had that extra coverage, they weren't as on top of like, you have to get your pap smears done. You have to do this because we need to monitor. They were like, oh, well, we're phasing it out. Like, it's fine. But you were saying, Ash, that you know of another one of your friends who actually has had a similar yes. experience. Actually, I've had two friends. One of them got them take, and they're both worse of more severe than me, actually. Um, one of my friends I don't really know too much about, but she actually did have the cervical cancer, and she said she had to undergo um, some surgery and get them taken out. And then my other friend, she said she was feeling, like, a lot of pain, like, in her ovaries, and she thought she had a, what's it called? Is it a cyst? A cyst, cyst. yeah. Yeah, so she thought, like, is it, is it we're not really, like, a cyst, like, or something. Yeah. yeah, so that's what she thought it was. And they did all the tests and all of that. And they said, no, it's definitely not a cyst on your ovaries. And it's definitely nothing's burst or anything. So that's when they said it must be something to do with like your uterus. Um, so then she ended up getting like tested all in end of December. And then she got told she had the cervical cancer. And, mm. and then she was booked for like a day surgery. Um, in February this year and she got them all burnt off and I think she needs to do another biopsy from my understanding um quite soon just to check that everything's okay but I just find that really interesting because like I never thought if you did have cancer that you wouldn't really be in much pain or you wouldn't really know you've got it I think it depends the stage with in which it's in and also the tissues in the area as well and um, I think that's why pap smears are so important because mm. you just don't know. It's a cancer which has very little um, initial signs and it can be picked up so quick. It's such a – it's unbelievable to think a doctor told you to delay that. It just blows my mind. <laughs> it yeah. It's the same here. And, like, we are having this conversation last night because I was actually with the two girls that were, like, 
why do are you not getting a pap smear because i was just so ignorant about it being like oh yeah whatever like everything will be fine and like they were saying it last night they're like it it's just women's health is so important and the really sad thing is we don't really get taught about pap smears and cervical cancer in school like no. my health studies were it was just like literally one year of in year nine i think and we just went through it was just such like uh, i didn't even know what an sti was still coming like out of that and like even like the importance like use of condoms and all that and we didn't really go through like the main ones which is like chlamydia gonorrhea like we kind of just went through like the ones with their like crabs for example like (laughs) (laughs) just like but it's, it's like so it's interesting to hear you saying all that. At all. Do you think it's um, the type of schools that you went to because they were religious girls' school? Um, I don't think necessarily. Like, because I went to a uniting church school and it was pretty progressive. Like, it was. I know Catholic schools can sometimes be a bit different because I did go to a Catholic primary school and they were a bit more like. I honestly thought that a bit more don't like, have sex literally. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't thought that you had babies by not taking a medication. And then in year six, I was like twelve. I was like, oh, so that's how babies are made. Because you um, guys are blowing my mind to like, you know, I'm I'm a lot older than you girls. We weren't taught anything. But to think that your generation's not been taught anything actually shocks me. I would have thought you yeah. were right up with it. I'm really surprised. You Like Dolly Doctor, honestly, was probably the thing that you learned the most from mm. in magazines. Like they had a section in there, the sealed yes. section. Where does the world expect you girls to learn this from? Is there any family history of cervical cancer or anything like that in your family tree? No. No. And how did your mum respond? She must have been devastated for you. Just that story you told earlier about her hearing you crying inside. Her soul must have been breaking, honestly. Oh, definitely. My mum's very protective of me. And we really, we have a, mum and I have a very close relationship. And I'm really, that was also the reason why I moved back to Perth because I really missed my parents mm. a lot when I was over. And, um, yeah, mum was devastated. And I think mum still is really upset for me that I have to go through this. And I think her concern is she just hope, hopefully the let's procedure is the only one I, I have because mm. her friend personal her friend lost the baby at five months because she had multiple let's procedures and the cervix just couldn't carry the baby anymore. Fortunately, that um, lady had two healthy pregnancies but I'm pretty sure they have to take the baby you know like they have to take the babies out sooner and they have to put like the stitch up and all of that and that's not a nice thing to go go through as a woman and at the moment my doctor just said with the one less procedure it is fine at the moment mm. for you to carry a baby so that's great but I think mum's concern is and it's also concern of mine is if there's going to be multiple of them that leads me into the next thing then um, with both of you asking this question. You're in your late 20s. You're having this sort of problem. Have you thought about freezing eggs or anything like that or thinking different ways one to have my, kids? Or So one of my really close friends has actually frozen her egg, eggs. Um, she just putting her career first right now and she the reason why she's frozen her eggs is she said she doesn't want kids until she's 35. 
and she just all she wants to do at the moment is just put her career first and then worry about kids in like a later stage of life but she wants like the best quality eggs and when we had that conversation she's like have you thought about like you know freezing your eggs and I was just like no like not at all like I hasn't even like crossed my mind at all and I don't really want to go through IVF I really want to just try even if it takes me a couple of years to have a kid like for me I would rather just try it all naturally without freezing my eggs and without going mm. through IVF so the thing so about you... the HPV then is that you can have children no no problems it's just hopefully yeah. the cervix will hold up for you like yeah, it just depends how, like, hopefully, fingers crossed, I don't have to keep putting my body through all those procedures and hopefully, like, the cells now all gone, are all normal and everything is fine. Um, but, yeah, if I do have to keep continuing these let's procedures and I keep having, like, the abnormal cells taken out, um, then, yeah, it is a concern from when I do have a child. Ash. What what do you want people to know about your journey and, and what you've gone through and are you okay? I just personally, that's a really good question. I think from what I've got out of it is perhaps me is so important. Mm. And I just feel once you do lose your virginity, it is really important to take those tests and to take regular checkouts because I don't know how often the cells can change but it, it, I don't think apparently at the moment they're saying it's every five years you should get checked out I think that's way too long I feel like that is I just feel like it should be every two years just for my for my journey and it, it, it is really important and I just wish there was more education around pap smears in high schools because I had no idea what a pap smear was until I think I was at the age of maybe, I would say, 19, 20. And even then, like, I didn't really think much of it because I was just like, oh, yeah, like, I was just, I'll just wait on it and I'll procrastinate it. And I think that's what that was part of my journey is I just procrastinated a lot on the pap smears because when we do talk about pap smears, it's so negative. It's all like this, you know, just traumatic experience of, you know, your GP, like using a little, what do you, what do you call bills. it? Yeah. And like stretching out your vagina and taking out some cells. Like it's not a, and it's not a pleasurable, pleasurable experience by all means. But I do think there just needs to be a lot more education in high schools talking about pap smears and talking mm. about even just um like what the potentials can be and it's not something that you can get when you're in your like your mid 50s it's something that could happen pretty young so mm. i think that's what we need to empathize, empathize like the importance is that it can happen at any age even i know my girlfriends we often say hey have you taken your iron supplement ask your girlfriends hey have you had a pap smear or your partner? Have you had yeah. this? And you know what, Amelia, I probably would have waited another year. Mm. And mine and me, because I, when, be. I did, when I did turn 25, I didn't even think about getting a pap smear. That wasn't, like, that was, like, probably way down on my list. I never even thought about it. Thank you so much, Ash, today for sharing your experience. I know it's 
something that's probably caused you a great deal of anxiety over the last little well, couple of years. But it's such an important story that we as women and even for men, like they also, they have sisters, they have mothers. It's important that people are across this because it's something that is preventable and we're working towards eradicating. But I think we need to be empowered as women and like our bodies are incredible things. We have very complex relationships with them. And that's something that often social media makes increasingly hard, but it's something that is so important because we only get one. So thank you so much for sharing. And yeah, I hope things go well in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for having me. It was a really exciting and I think very important conversation um, to be a part of. And hopefully um, I'll be another guest another time, hopefully talking (laughs) something a bit more positive next time. Hi, Fiona here. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the XYZ Experiment podcast. And don't forget to leave a rating and review. If you enjoyed our show, tell all your friends and family and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment for all the latest updates and news. Our original music was composed and performed by Luke Champion. 